Inspired by the C.S. Lewis book, Mere Christianity, this podcast is about why I believe what I believe. Welcome to Bear Christianity. I'm thinking that this is going to be a short episode. So I was out of town this past weekend. I usually record on Saturday morning and do a lot of the uh, preparing my notes and everything uh, a few days leading up to Saturday. And so I was out of town all that time. We had a great, we went to Nashville. I'll talk about it in just a second, a little more. But uh, anyway, I'm thinking this is going to be a short episode. And in planning ahead, I had, I had, uh, I knew I was going to be out of town. And so just a few thoughts here on male and female. God created them male and female. So that'll be the topic today. Um, you know, just if you think back 10 years ago, this would have never taken a whole episode. It was, you know, it just, it was a, a minor issue, um, a, a very rare thing. I didn't even know about transgenderism or any of that stuff 10 years ago. And so uh, you have Caitlyn Jenner and a, a few other things. And then uh, here we are in 2022, where uh, teenagers are allowed to get transgender or uh, sex reassignment surgery without parental consent. So they can get sex reassignment surgery, permanent, lifelong consequences of that surgery, and uh, yet they can't get a tattoo without getting parental consent in most states. So there you go. There you have it. Now, if you have questions for me, you can email me, bearchristianity at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at the real bear Martin, and I'm on Twitter at bear 4 Christos. Now, for A Bear in the Woods, I just mentioned I was in Nashville. We went, we met some friends of ours for my wife's birthday, and we had an awesome time. I have not been to Nashville since I was a little kid, and our friends that that we met, they invited us uh, to go to Nashville, and they planned out pretty much everything, and uh, we, we just had an awesome time. One of the highlights was we had tickets to the Grand Ole Opry, and if you've never gone, I highly recommend it. You're basically watching a live radio show, um, and and uh, there, it's a beautiful theater that they perform in. And the Grand Ole Opry, if you if you're not familiar with country music, that is one of the top, if not the absolute top goal of any country music artist. And so we got to be there. That the highlight of the night was we got to be there as a country artist made his Grand Ole Opry debut. So he's been writing songs for country music for a little while. He's written some for Garth Brooks. And in fact, Garth Brooks was a surprise guest that introduced this guy to the crowd. And his name was Mitch Rossell, R-O-S-S-E-L-L. So check him out if you have Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Um, he sang one of the one of the songs that he sang was entitled "Sun," and it was it was just excellent. Um, and so, uh, anyway, check them out, and and I really enjoyed it. That was the uh, one of the highlights of our trip. Now, the main verse that we'll talk about today is Genesis one twenty seven. Says this: So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So again, this is pretty simple. God creates males and females. And so there's two genders. There are two sexes, and that's it. Now, as a disclaimer, uh, before we get into all the transgenderism and, and talk about that stuff, as a disclaimer, I do want to mention that I am fully aware that some people are born with uh, sex chromosome disorders. There are certain enzyme deficiencies and hormonal problems that some people have that cause the the abnormal development of sexual organs and and body characteristics that are typically associated with 
males and females. So I am I'm fully aware of those conditions, and I am not talking about individuals who are born with those disorders. Uh, I can't imagine being a person that's that's born with those disorders or being a parent with a child. Um, you know that is, is certainly a difficult situation, and so we should come alongside of those families and help them in any way that we can. Um, so I'm not talking about those individuals. That is a an extremely rare issue compared to um, the the issue of people having no. Uh, biological problems at all, completely normal sex organs for a male or a female, and then feeling like they're the opposite gender. And so that you know that's what I'm talking about today, transgenderism and and all of those uh, all of the the cultural issues with that today. And I want to look at that from a biblical worldview. Some of the problems that the transgender community struggles with and and then look at it from a biblical worldview and and just give a few thoughts. And so hopefully this helps you kind of think through some of the issues of the day. Now, to get us started, I, I was trying to read and and get a feel for how the other side of the argument would be defining terms and, and things like that. And so the, uh, there's a Healthline article, I'll leave a link in the episode notes, but it was defining lots of different things. In fact, the title of the article is 68 Terms That Describe Gender Identity and Expression. So it's just like a, almost like a dictionary list of all these different terms, and it, and it defines them for you. Um, a quote here at the very beginning, it says, quote, gender and sex do not have the same meaning. One is social and the other is biological. And then it goes on to say, quote, gender is an identity, your personal sense of who you are. The term can also refer to socially constructed categories that relate to what it means to be a man or a woman. So let that stick in your head. According to this Healthline, Healthline article, gender is an identity. And how do we know our identity? It's your personal sense of of who you are, who you feel you are. If you feel that you are a woman, you are a woman. If you feel that you are a man, you're a man. That's that's your gender. It's your personal sense of who you are. That's the way this Healthline article is defining it. Now, a few other terms here just to get out of the way. Most of you probably know what this means, but just to just to make sure make sure cisgender, let's C I S gender, cisgender is someone who identifies as the same sex that they were assigned at birth. So I am cisgender. I, the, the, when I was born, the doctor told my parents, congratulations, you have a baby boy, and I still identify as male. And so I am cisgender. Transgender is a, a person who identifies as the opposite sex of what they were assigned at birth. So they're born a they're born a boy, and now they feel their personal sense of who they are is that they're a woman, and so they are transgender. Um, so that's that's the two basic definitions there. So get that. According to the Healthline article, the truth about your gender is your personal sense of who you are. That's how they feel. People determine the truth of of their gender. It's the personal sense of who you are, your personal feelings about who you are. That's what determines truth. Now, anytime there is no ultimate standard to appeal to, I've talked about this a million times in in Genesis, but anytime you do not have an ultimate standard, whether that be an ultimate moral standard, uh, in this case, an ultimate standard of who decides what you are, then and you're left with everybody's just personal opinion about what's best 
that causes big problems. So with the, this transgender issue, if everybody is just their personal sense of who they are, then there's not a, there's not any ground for people to stand on. Um, now, I, I, a great example of this is I, I'm a eye doctor, and so I see a lot of people throughout the day. Um, it, within the last couple of years, I've spoken with a middle school teacher, and she was telling me about, we got talking about all the different issues that middle schoolers are struggling with. And she has a student in her class. He is the class clown. He is typically a troublemaker, you know, that that type of student, okay? Um, and every, everybody in the school pretty much knows it. But he has figured out that their, their principal evidently is very supportive of this transgender. Everybody get, can identify as whatever they want to be. And so this student has figured out that he can constantly change his gender during class and and change his pronouns back and forth and make his teacher, you know, refer to him as all these different pronouns. He can constantly do that and the principal will not um, allow the teacher to discipline the student or to even disagree with the student. The teacher just simply has to honor whatever the student says he is at that moment. So multiple times during class he will change his pronouns and and the teacher has to keep keep up with how she has to refer to this student. Now, he sees it as a middle school boy. He sees the ridiculousness of your personal feelings as the standard of truth, and so he's he's manipulating that and just causing trouble and being a class clown because he he sees the the ridiculousness of it. Uh, but the teacher has, because there is no ultimate standard, there's no standard of truth, the teacher has has no ground to stand on, and, and the principal won't won't back her up if she does. She, in fact, she'd probably get in trouble. Um, now, that is gender. So according to this Healthline article, gender is your personal sense of who you are. Sex is different. Remember, they said gender is social and sex is biological. So sex refers to biological and physiological characteristics. Your genitals, hormones, and your chromosomes all relate to your sex. So so, so gender, according to this article, is more your personal sense of who you are, and sex is more scientific, the, the, um, you know, the sex organs that you have, all that stuff. Um, so... The proposed treatment for someone who is transgender, someone who was assigned a sex at birth, but they feel like they're the opposite sex, they feel like they're the opposite gender, the proposed treatment by our modern culture is to give them sex reassignment surgery. So they're trying to line up a person's own feelings about their gender with what the what biologically their body is. So sex reassignment surgery is trying to line those up, uh, hopefully causing some um, causing to uh, some some healing mentally or to to help this person cope with their transgenderism. So if they feel like they're a woman but they're actually in a man's body, then let's change the body to a woman's body and hopefully that will help. Well, that does not help, and and so we we see it over and over again that the even after sex reassignment surgery, uh, one of my, my best friends he gave he shared an article with me. Even after sex reassignment surgery, suicide rates even ten years after sex reassignment surgery were nineteen times higher in the transgender group than they were compared to their peers. 
And so even after sexual reassignment surgery, it is not helping these individuals. So that that was a study out of Sweden that followed sexual reassignment surgeries in people for 30 years. Um, it's, it's cited in a book called When Harry Became Sally, uh, that, and that's by Ryan Anderson, and he you know, discusses a lot of these issues where uh, we're, our culture is saying these, these transgender people need these treatments to help them, and the, the truth is that these treatments are not helping. The, the suicide rates are still astronomical. Um, a couple other stats uh, from different articles that I was reading about suicide rates, um, and I'll, I'll link these articles in the episode notes. Quote, data indicate that 82% of transgender individuals have considered killing themselves and 40% have attempted suicide, with suicidality highest among transgender youth. Another article said growing data on suicidal behavior among members of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, and other sexual gender minorities, so basically the LGBTQ plus community, um, particularly in the transgender subgroup, demonstrate that there is a stark elevation in suicidality compared with rates in their cisgender counterparts. So it is well accepted that the transgender community has a massive problem with suicide. And so that and and so I'm that that is awful. And so some we have to think about how to help these people. And our modern culture says we got to pay for them to have sexual reassignment surgery. We must affirm all the feelings that these people have about themselves as truth and and that sort of thing. And that's how we can love them. And I would argue from a biblical worldview that is not love. What they what people feel is true does not make it true. The with a biblical worldview, there is an objective standard, and that is what what God reveals about Himself in the Bible. And so God created us male and female. And so when we are created male, it is to reject our Creator when we say that we're something else. And so the only way that there is healing and um and and that situation can be fixed is to try to help that person understand that they are created in the image of God, and God created them male and female. And so anytime we go against, anytime we reject the God of the Bible and go against the order and the way that he created things, that will cause problems. It, in, in every aspect, when, when you look at the, a child who grows up in a family where, a, where one man loves one woman and they are faithful to each other, and they have kids. That that child has has the best chance of of being of having a good life. Um, you know, the lowest rates of of suicide, all that stuff. Just it's just basic biblical teaching about the way God made the family to be. And so when we align ourselves with that, that brings human flourishing. That that is where people have the best chance of having a good life. Now, are there awesome people who came from broken homes and all that stuff? Absolutely. Uh, I would, you know, obviously I attribute that to the grace of God. But when there is blessing in a family, when they align themselves with what the Bible teaches. And so the treatment for people that are struggling with transgenderism, and I'm not saying that their struggle is stupid. People people struggle with all kinds of things. And so the, the so a middle school child who feel who has a male's body and feels like they're female, I'm not trying to belittle 
um, what's happening in their mind. There's lots of things going on in the in with the hormones and just development uh, with a middle schooler, but it doesn't mean that we give them sex reassignment surgery. That that's not the the treatment that I think is going to work. And so if we look at this from a a biblical worldview, we've got to align ourselves with what God says uh, and, and God and what God created us to be. He created us male and female. One example that I think about in this situation in my head, and I would, you know, I, I've shared this and it's, I've never gotten any pushback from it, uh, but I, I would love to talk to somebody who has total opposite views of me and see what they say about this illustration. And because I'm sure they'll say that it breaks down at some point. No, you're not, you know, you're not comparing apples to apples and that sort of thing. So I'm aware that that may come up. I just don't know how they would go about proving that. Anyway, let me give you this example. In With anorexia, anorexia is still considered a problem. So we don't have a bunch of people running around affirming anorexics um, and saying this is this is great and we need to get behind anorexics and we need to pay for them to have weight loss pills and and all these things. So if someone is anorexic, what what we have decided is best for them is to tell them you are not obese and you will die if you continue trying to lose weight um, and and not eating. So we're saying this is unhealthy. And that person, their personal sense of who they are, they personally feel that they are obese. And we don't affirm that. We say, no, you are wrong. And so for an anorexic person, they personally feel that they are overweight and they desire to continue to lose weight. So the objective standard, the truth would be, let them stand on a scale and say, okay, you're 60 pounds and you're an adult and that's not a healthy weight for an adult. There's an objective truth there that we can try to show them. Um, your, you know, your family and friends may say you don't, you know, you are way too skinny, unhealthy skinny. And, you know, you're, this is going to cause harm or death if you continue on this path. And so that's how people will, uh, and it's done in love. Like if I had a family member who's anorexic, I'm going to come beside them in love and say, I love you and I want the best for you, but you are completely wrong about your body image. It doesn't matter how you feel. You are not overweight and you do not need to keep losing weight. And so in the same way, if someone, if a middle schooler is struggling with, you know, who they are and what gender they are and that sort of thing, I I think biblically and, and just, and honestly, just common sense wise, it's better to say, listen, uh, just look down and you've got certain organs and you are a male and, and you know, that's, that's how God made you. And if you fight against that, that's going to cause more and more problems down the road. You have a lifelong sentence of hormone therapies and surgeries, and then those surgeries won't work. And then you try to do another surgery to fix the problems caused by the first surgery. I mean, and it's just a nightmare. A lot of people that have sex reassignment surgery, they end up with no sexual function at all, just in, in miserable conditions. And so, you know, that, that's we need to approach this from telling these people the truth and not affirming the personal sense of, of how they feel. Their personal feelings are not the standard of truth. So anyway, that would be my illustration. And so I'd love to have some uh, feedback from the other side of why maybe they think that's a, a terrible illustration. Um, now, from a biblical worldview, when we talk about 
um, create the creation account in Genesis 1, a theme that I've brought up over and over again is typically throughout the Bible, Satan will try to disrupt the order that God has has made things. And so we'll talk about it a little more when we talk about the temptation of Eve. So God made Adam first, and and Eve is created as as Adam's helper. And so the the hierarchy there is that man is over the woman in a way. Now they're they're both they both share the image of God. God made them male and female. And so I'm not saying that man is more special than women. All this we'll talk about it when I get there. But there is an order to the way that so Satan by Satan going straight to Eve and tempting Eve, he went around Adam's authority to Eve. And Satan always works against God's created order and and Satan always tries to destroy God's creation. Think about someone who's demon-possessed. Anytime someone who's is demon-possessed, even in movies, they're usually they're they're not healthy looking. They they're cutting themselves, they're harming themselves in different ways, their facial expressions are marred. Satan is trying to destroy the the image of God and, and the way that God made that person. And so Satan always works against God's creation. Another thing sort of associated with that is God's judgment is often seen in creation going in reverse order. So I talked about a lot of times in the Bible you have uh, decreation language, like the sun going dark, the stars falling from the sky, um, the the flooding of the earth. So the so during creation, God separated the seas, uh, the water of the seas, and the the dry land, the earth. God separates them, but during Noah's flood, in judgment, that creation. Uh, uh, separation is undone and water covers the earth again. And so decreation language is a sign of God's judgment. And so I think in the same way, when we are, are affirming transgenderism, what you're seeing is a culture of death developing. And so, so people are no longer able to reproduce. We're mutilating their bodies trying to do sexual reassignment surgery. And all the while, this is, this is a sign of God's judgment on people who are rejecting God, their creator. And, and this judgment also will be seen on our country as well. And so in Romans 1, this the context here is Paul's talking about people who reject God. They are suppressing the truth of about God in unrighteousness. They reject God as their creator and instead they are worshiping creation. They are considering creation the the ultimate, you know, highest object uh, rather than the creator. And so when you have this worldview, when you when you when you reject that there was a God who created you, then you can this this worldview will not hold up and it leads to chaos because there's no objective standard to appeal to. Your 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 truth is how you feel. And so this is going to lead to a breakdown of the creator and creature relationship. People start, they reject God completely, and this will lead to a breakdown of individuals as well. Are you, I mean, just think about it. There are tons of people now who don't know what it is to be a male or a female. There's a very popular document documentary called What is a Woman? And, and it just, some of the some of the statements in that are just absolutely stunning that people don't know what a male and female is again. And, and, and so this is the judgment of God. In, in their rejection of God, God gives people over to a debased mind, is what Romans 1 says. Romans 1.28 uh, says this, 
And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what not ought be done. Now, that verb there, and God gave them up, that ver- that Greek word there is paradidomi, God gave them up. And so that is a sign of judgment here in Romans 1. And that's that verb is mentioned three times to people who reject God as their creator. However, here's the beautiful thing, and this is where healing comes for people that are struggling with transgenderism and, I mean, any sin. Turn to Jesus Christ. Align yourself with what the Bible says, with what God reveals to us uh, about how, how He created us. When we align ourselves with, with our Creator, that will bring healing and blessing. And so we are sinners and God sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins. He lived a perfect life, and if we have faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, we are credited with his perfect life, his perfect righteousness, and also he died on the cross taking the penalty for our sins. There is healing when we align ourselves with God. And so in Romans 8, remember paradidomy in Romans 1, 1, three times Paul says God gave them up in, in judgment. God gave them up, paradidomy. But in Romans 8, it says this. That I'm going to start in verse 28 through 32. And we know that for those who love God, those who, and, and I'm going to say those who align themselves with God, those who consider God their Lord and creator, who want to obey him. And for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but, listen to this, gave him up, that's the same Greek word there, paradidomy, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So I don't know why some people struggle with transgenderism and others do not, But the answer to anything that's against God's creation is to turn to God, align yourself with the way God created you. That's the only way you will ever have true healing. And our our culture will tell you that the Bible and Christianity and all that stuff is worthless, but that is the only way you will have true healing. If you love God, all those things will work together for your good. For the good of him who called you according to his purpose. So, so get this. People may say, well, you know, God is so mean. If God is, is real, why is he causing me to struggle with transgenderism? Well, if you turn to God and align yourself and find healing when you do that, you can help other people in a way that I can't help them. I, I don't struggle with transgenderism, but you can help other people who are struggling as well. And so God is, is working in that. So the the plea by Christians to anybody living in sin is to turn to God, repent from your sin, repent from the way that you are thinking, and align yourself with the truth from God's Word. And so the, the Christian prayer is always in these situations, and, and honestly, I find myself just angry at our current culture and, and mocking in a way, just because it, it seems ridiculous, some of the stuff I hear about 
uh, transgenderism and and people that are advocating for all kinds of stuff related to that that just just seem absurd. And so, as a Christian, I sometimes can find myself uh, mocking them and also just angry and and just wanting them to fail in in every way. Um, people that are that are that are supporting the uh, the current cultural ideas about transgenderism, but truly, I've got to to say, man, that that could be me. If it weren't for the grace of God, I could be thinking that same way. And so, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would work in the hearts of those people and change them and show them the truth from God's word. And so, again, in judgment. God gives people over to their debased mind. But if if the Holy Spirit is working in your heart and convicting you of sin, then please turn to God and align yourself with him because in mercy God gave up his son so that we can be forgiven and made righteous. Now, before I give our closing verse, once again, I thought this would be a short episode and once I got rambling on and talking, it just went on and on and on, and it's just as long as all the other ones. So um, no surprises there. This is this is consistent with my uh, what I've promised before about episode lengths. So thanks for hanging with me, and have a Merry Christmas. Here's our closing verse. John 10.10, 10, in talking about uh, Satan and versus why Jesus came, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, this is Jesus talking here, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly.